I have a seed and I want it to grow up, I put it on a trellis, right? That's good because today we have seed and trellis joining the club right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. We're talking kitchen gardens. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening as we learn to grow and grow for change. We have a special guest today. We have Stacy from Seed and Trellis. Everybody, round of applause. <laughs> or a bell. And you too, Leonard. Welcome. So, uh, welcome, Stacy. Thank you. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Thank you for having me. So, um, tell us are. about yourself. Tell, uh, first off, tell us what zone you're in. Because last time we forgot to ask what zone the, our oh. guest was in. So, zone 10A. I'm out here on the West Coast. I'm down here in uh, San Diego County. So, I'm in the suburbs uh, in a little town called San Marcos and uh, we're inland from the coast about eight miles so 10a okay yeah. 10a so 10A. that so right off the bat 90 percent of our listenership is already mad at you because you <laughs> can grow I'm struggling more t- <laughs> I'm struggling we had I such, know. it was such a pleasant conversation as we were you know getting prepped and then you immediately hit me with a 10a <laughs> yeah. it's okay it's tough we'll all you know? recover it's tough. It's going to be okay, though. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just keep looking at the calendar. Mm-hmm. So you do kitchen gardens, correct? I do. I do. Okay. So um, I don't know what a kitchen garden is. You don't? I have not looked it up. I have seen this ever since we talked, like the first time I started seeing it more and more, but I don't know what a kitchen garden is. But Tavia, do you know? Um, I will know in just a couple of minutes when Stacy tells us. The kitchen so garden. So neither one of us know. I mean, we could go. We could go technical. We could go interpretive. It's all of these things, right? Mm, both. Well, as long as we don't swing ribbons around and dance in circles, we can go about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have any poles in my uh, garden, but I do have trellises. So you know. Okay. For now. Yeah, we can do that. But give us the uh, dumbed down version and we can dig deeper if we need to. Yeah. So, you know, a kitchen garden for me is all about a space, a working, active space that is close to your house, Mm -hmm. close to your home, and it is engaged in daily it's not inside the house. It is outside, right? Okay. I mean, okay. you could have an herb garden inside. You know, there okay. are there are yeah. ways to do that. But technically, you should be able to, just as you would use the living room, just as you would use the restroom, the kitchen, the living space. That's just another living space. The kitchen garden is a living space for your family, for your home, right? Gotcha. So it's essentially a place where you can go. It's accessible. It is growing your vegetables, your fruits, your herbs, anything edible, anything for flora and fauna. You know, it's welcoming more than just the food itself. And it's essentially, and you go and you harvest frequently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that you're going to be planting gigantic pumpkins, gigantic zucchinis in rows Mm. and rows and rows. It's essentially a smaller entity, a controlled and little environment where you can manage it, where it's not overwhelming. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Look, hold on. All right. (laughs) You see that? (laughs) You see, it was, it was connecting. I was getting it. I I was, I was taking, I, I was like, okay. Because you told me when we talked for you, like, you have a kitchen garden. And I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, that stumped me even more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't know. Do I have something I don't even know? But I got gotcha. you. So, you I know like what? Buzzwords for, 
Yeah, buzzwords for me were proximity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the use, like the daily use, I think, because then I started thinking about some of the things that we plant and then it's months later before we're really Mm. kind of enjoying it. Um, You know, my favorite tomatoes are one of those, you know, but I love the idea of, you know, this is something that we're interacting with as a family consistently, um, so, well, look at that. I'm not, I'm, I'm still not sure if I have a kitchen garden though. No, yours is too big. Oh, listen, listen. Well, how big is it? I mean, 833 beds. It's, it's not, it's not. I can't believe so, we're getting that close to a thousand. What do you got? Like you have somewhere around like six beds or something like that. Right. Or more. No, it's, um, I think it's 16 or 17 now. They're varying oh. sizes though. So it's okay. just, they're in my front yard and my backyard. I basically use all of that space. So we have a running joke from the beginning with Batavia where each episode, the number gets higher. So like so, we actually had somebody who was like, does she really have 900 garden beds? I'm like, <laughs> no, she doesn't. But one day we have to fill people in now because I forget that not everybody's been listening from the beginning. So, But I feel like... You probably do have a kitchen garden, Batavia, because mm-hmm. it's pro- in proximity to your home, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you it not? Is. Are they not all on your property? No, no, they're definitely all on my property. Do you go out there every day, practically? Um, no, during the season, yeah, that's the key, though. During the season, mm-hmm. so in December and January, my weather really doesn't permit for that. Right. So. Right. So, so I mean, technically, you do have a kitchen garden. I'll take it. <laughs> So for me, what resonated with me is a room. It's mm, another room mm-hmm. of your house. Mm-hmm. That's what resonated to me because, you know, I do look at the garden and it's, and for me, it's important to kind of set mine up. So it's like, you know, you're in a space for a garden, you yeah. know, it's not spread out here, there and yonder and everywhere. And then the other thing was, um, when I thought when you said it was a kitchen garden, I was like, oh, she's just going to come on here and talk about a garden that grows food. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course that's a kitchen garden, but you know, it makes sense though, because it is, you know, going into that every day. And a lot of people, I mean, I know if you just grow something, every people are passionate and it's like, yeah, I got a tomato in a pot. Great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you have like an actual garden and most of the people listening to the show actually have gardens, mm-hmm. they're very passionate about it. And it is a definite space and added on space to their house, which by the way, you don't have to get a permit for. So it is a great addition to your property. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, in my days of HGTV, uh, which is, you know, most days now, um, expanding your living, you know, how it's a lot of talk over the years of outdoor living and expanding your space. And, you know, this is an outdoor room. So yeah, that caught my ear as well. Um, I would, so what makes yeah? Oh, I was go just going to say if I had a choice, like if I was you know plotting out my land in my home, I would have all of my garden in one space versus the way it is today, kind of spread out. This is just what I have to work with, and I've chosen to do this. But that would be my desire, right? You know, right outside my doorstep, I'm walking out to you know all of the lovely veggies and fruits and right, herbs right. And so I mean, the question is, you know, you've got your dream garden, right? But is the sun right? If you were to put mm. it right there. Well, so, I just designed it a minute ago. I was just designing it. Like it's here. Yeah, it yeah. was like there. With my, with my wand. Yeah. <laughs> little card. Yeah, good point. Mm. So yeah. it's always high noon and there's a tree that floats over at noon, at, you know, every couple hours to give a little bit of shade mm-hmm. to cool it off. Is mm-hmm. that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that sweet spot where it's yeah. just like. So, ah. Yeah, exactly. Just a ah, nice little breath. So my question is, um, if you were to tell somebody, and you do tell people how to start kitchen gardens. I sure correct? do. Yes, I do. So what is a key component in having a successful kitchen garden from, um, let's just start from a design aspect. Okay. Yeah. Let's start there. So Because I saw some, one of your designs, um, you, you texted me or um, messaged me, whatever, on Instagram, and um, I liked it. So mm. <laughs> that's why. <what> <laughs> Yeah, so I have a background in art. I don't know if you can see this painting. Mm-hmm. Yes. I painted it. We can see a piece of it. A piece of it. Here. Yeah, a piece of it. And we like it. Yeah, there we go. So yeah. um, I have a, for design, for the background design and why I feel qualified to share with you about design, right, is I mm-hmm. went to art school. 
uh, I went to the University of San Diego here and I have a BA in fine arts and I specialized in oil painting, um, printmaking and figure drawing. Um, and so that was my, my base, you know, my aspect of investigating design in terms of shape, value, texture, line, color. Mm -hmm. These are all these things that come into play when you design anything, whether it's uh, your garden or your home or a logo or all these things have to come into play, right? To make it visually appealing, mm -hmm. you know, to your audience or to whoever's experiencing it. And I think what's really special about design and when you're designing the kitchen garden, it's, it's a three-dimensional space. It's not a flat thing on the wall, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's something that you can walk into and experience and then you have things in front of you and behind you. Things, you know, you have maybe cascading mountains or something behind or the sun, how the sun comes up and casts shadows. So all these things, when I think of a kitchen garden and when I'm planning it and when I'm thinking about which plants go where, I'm thinking about aesthetically, does it work in like a uniform feel like is does it oh does it look like or does it feel like it's always meant to be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's when you know it's a good design does it intrude on the lines of the home or does it include it does it <laughs> <laughs> is it carrying aspects of your personality is it carrying aspects of the architecture of your house into the garden is it a mishmash of just like things you've collected or does it have consistent materials to give it structure and very appealing to the eye? So when I talk to somebody who's thinking about making a kitchen garden, it's kind of like, are we working with something that um, you have an existing garden? Do you want to revamp it? Like just how you would like, oh, we, we really need to redo the bathroom. Hmm. We really need to redo the kitchen. Right. So yeah. this is a, this is one of those questions is like, so you want to design your bathroom or, do, you know, do you want to design your kitchen garden? Well, That's I want a bathroom in my kitchen garden, first of all. So <laughs> if we can make that happen. And the other thing is half of the answers I have to those questions you just asked were all the wrong answers. <laughs> Does you're it go speaking, with the architecture of your house? I don't know. No, you're speaking my love language, <laughs> my garden love language. Like, not that I'm actively thinking about those things, but when I sit back and say kind of some of the do's and don'ts in my own garden, the things mm -hmm. I do and don't want to do, it some of it falls into what you're talking about. Like, um, you know, people have commented about organization in my garden. And that's important to me because I don't want it to be a farm sitting on you know, my front yard, right? You know, there, yeah. there are things that are intentional. And this is, I'm always stumbling into something I didn't know, right? I didn't necessarily think about it from the design aspect. Um, it's just the way that I really want to feel and, and the way I want things to look when I approach them, you know? Right. That Did you see me getting experience. watery? Did you see me? <clears throat> I saw you. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I see you do it all the time, yeah. though, so I'm used to, I can catch it like like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so for me, like, the architecture part, I'm like, I don't even know, because when I built the garden, it's, it's so far away from my house. Like, it's on my property, but it's in the back end of it that I treat it like it's its own thing. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You know what I zone. mean? Mm -hmm. Its own zone completely. <clears throat> so when, you, like, when you're talking about the architecture house, I'm like, shit, I have no idea. Like I, Now I want to be like, y'all hold on a minute. I got to go check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Start looking. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like so, it takes a minute to look at your to look at your space. Like if you, I think the, the biggest thing for design for a kitchen garden is the pathways. Oh. And that's what I need to do right now. Yeah. Uh -huh. So take a look, you know, like how's the flow, right? Like if you're walking out, you know, to your front or backyard or a mile to wherever your yard is, Ben, <laughs> you know, it sounds like it's really far away. <laughs> so, you know, think about your pathways, you know, how can you create a good energy you know, mm -hmm. not to get too woo woo, but how can you get to it? Right. And how can you walk through it? Is it stumbly? Is it, you know, are there wheelbarrows in the way? Is there oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's all that stuff, but a, a kitchen garden is tidy. 
you know, in the mm. sense that it's a focal point. It's something that you're proud of. It's something that you want to bring people into. It's something that you want to share, you know, with, you know, maybe if you have your young children and family, you want mm -hmm. them to have access to it and to, to not be afraid to mess it up. You know, it's, it's tidy, it's tended, it's accessible, it's beautiful. It can be beautiful the way that you plant things. And this, this is how, where I'm going to circle back. You asked me about that four by four design that I did, right? Mm -hmm. The little, the little design that I did. So, yeah. So it was a circle, circle it was design. A, it's a square. Was it? It was a square. This was months ago that I, I looked at it. So <laughs> it was a square. So it I was a square. Uh, yeah, it's a, a square that it didn't have rounds. Yeah, I got it. No. <laughs> it had round circles in it to like signify an aerial view, right? Yes, of, that's what it was. Of each plant. So when I design a garden, I always treat different zones of the actual garden differently. So generally, what turns over faster? You know, you got your lettuces, arugulas, you know, all your greens and things, right? So those mm -hmm. are going to turn over fast. And so those are the things that you want most, most accessible. So we're not going to put them in the center of the bed. And generally, mm -hmm. they are shorter because they don't need that long time to grow, right? So those are the right. items that you would put around the borders of your garden. And you can incorporate like low, low flowers, right? So you could do like trailing nasturtiums or like alyssum or things that are, you know, low, right? Along the edges. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you harvest <clears throat> from those edges different weeks. And so you've got this awesome weekly rotation of harvesting lettuce on each side of the bed if you have a four by four and you can access all sides. So are you saying that you would plant all the lettuces at different times so you'd be harvesting at different times? That's called planning. I, I've heard yes, that before. Yes. I don't know where I've heard that. Do you recall, Batavia? Um, it may have been an, it may it. have been an episode where I'm, I'm trying to text you being to say there are fire trucks literally outside in front of my house. That's what I was trying oh, to do. <laughs> um, but it may have been an, on an episode where we talk about succession planting. Yep. Uh, one of Ben's favorite terms and discussion points. No, because it, it, it's it's I mean, on first. So you're talking about from a design aspect, too, right. which I never talk about. I just talk about it as like, I don't want to get too much at the same time. Well, the, you know what I mean? So, but from a design aspect, that's even, that's even more interesting because it just kind of flows into this whole thing because like I tend to look at my garden as like a utilitarian place, mm -hmm. like it's here to grow food. And over the years it has changed more and more now that, you know, I'd say in the past five years, once I've gotten a real grasp on growing stuff more and more, it's turned in, you know, last year was my first big dive into flowers. So I put zinnias in the corners of my garden. What a mistake that was. They were five feet long yeah. and high. That was a nightmare. But, um, you know, that was pandemic stuff, too. I was pushed into, for I was forced into the zinnias. I couldn't so, find marigolds. So push those in the middle now, right? So those are five footers. They take up too much room. I put them on the edge of the, the whole yard now. But okay. and that's my plan. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. so. I mean, circling back to that problem, right? So now you've learned. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like the next step in is, you know, what are your medium-sized plants? And those will go in the next row, right? right? And then your taller plants would go in the center. So, like, if you wanted a focal point for mm -hmm. pollinators, then your zinnias would have a nice little center in the center. And everything would look kind of like a triangular and how it flows in terms of height, so that's just height, right? And then there's color. So maybe you would pick different varieties that are that grow different colors. So maybe you have like a red lettuce variety or a green lettuce variety, light green, dark green, things like that. And you can kind of mix and match. And that's like next level, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually... I'm trying to balance the uh, function. So even when you w we're talking about walkways, right, the function of it versus the aesthetic of it. And it sounds like in kitchen designing and what you consult people on is kind of the combination of both of those things. Right. I would I would never think to put the tallest plant or flower in the middle of my garden. But when I do things like when I design my flower bed out front, I do want things to kind of do the slope you're talking about where they're growing and they're shorter on the ends and then they come up to a, like a TP point. Right. You know, so it's funny how I, I look at that and I look at the flower garden, almost completely aesthetic Lee. 
um, versus the way I look at the kind of vegetable and herb garden, if you will. And, and I haven't planted in all of my beds yet, and there is some temptation to put something really tall in the center, perhaps a sunflower. I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> so that's like one style of, you know, designing the bed where you have four accessible sides. But what if you mm -hmm. don't have four accessible, accessible sides? What if it's a border garden? What if you have a fence or something that is, you know, behind it, or, you know, maybe it's, it's south facing. So everything needs to be planted in a certain height. So everything gets equal sun. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's different things that you have to take into account when you're obviously planning. And, you know, if it's, it's south facing, you've got a fence behind it. It's, it's the same philosophy that you would put the low borderline plant plants more accessible toward the front. And then you would increase their height as they go. Mm. And, um, I mean, there's also that whole nother layer of companion planting and, you know, Ugh. I know you don't, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm a believer in companion planting. I, mm -hmm. I believe in it. Um, We're partially believers. We're partial believers. believers. Don't speak okay. for yeah. me. Don't speak for me. I'm back on the fence. No, I have oh. a whole episode where we can go back and listen. We're like, yeah, I'm with you on mm -hmm. that. So I actually am. Um, I'm companion planting <clears throat> one board for that with uh, when you fold in flowers. Because, you know, I have a love for flowers in general. So I can, even if I don't necessarily know for sure it works, I'm willing to give it a try. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, my whole... <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, companion planting can be more than, you know, if plants actually grow well together. I think a, the big part that people forget about companion planting is what kind of soil does that plant like? Then you're going to plant it with that plant that mm. also likes that soil. That, those same wet conditions, put those together. Mm -hmm. If you can think of it that way, it makes companion planting a little bit easier. Um, yeah, the thing is, is people when they, and I, I say people like a general broad term, you know, which is how dare I, but when you look up companion planting for a garden, it ain't about soil type. It's about keeping pests away yeah. and causing other plants to grow. Like, I, I, I feel like what you're talking about is like, friendly plants yeah friends and you know foes. what i mean yeah mm -hmm. friends you know so but i agree with you there like you you would definitely not put you know like we grow cattails in our side yard because it's wetlands but you wouldn't try and stick that in dry dirt you know what i mean because it wouldn't grow so yeah. um i agree with what you're saying on that aspect but yeah when i think when gardeners look for this in growing food they're looking at like What's going to keep away the aphids? What's going to do this and that? And, mm -hmm. But at the same you know. time, we still practice that, right? You know, many of us know that you, know, you don't plant things that have completely growing, different growing conditions together. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you do probably once and then you learn that lesson you know, <laughs> and then you don't do it anymore. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, when I listen back to this episode, I don't know. I'm intrigued by the idea of, it, I don't know elaborating on what companion planting is as long as you put an asterisk by it so yeah yeah because mine is my garden's all set up like borders mm -hmm. that's my thing so it's everything's borders and what i used to want to do is start like really super low you know like one inch flowers or you know something just kind of then go up and i've gotten away from that now and i kind of just go a little lumpy you know so we'll we'll see how it goes this year we're, we're kind of filling in other areas but the biggest trick is finding stuff in that middle range that will go in our area. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? There's plenty of low growing. There's plenty of high. But then it's that middle range that's tough, you know. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that works out this just, year. I'm a little nervous about it. Just plant some more determinate tomatoes. Set. Yeah, but I'm, this is all for flowers. Oh, for flowers. Just, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even okay. putting vegetables or fruits there. So I, I know put Batavia, a list together jumping for, for you. joy. I'll send you a list. Send me a list. I'll send you a list of mid-level whether it's bushy or perennial or annual, we can get all full into it. Different sun. colors, full sun, medium sandy size, soil. sandy soil, drought tolerant. Got see, it. that's the thing. And then you start going, see, and I've said this before, but like I used to think like, oh, flowers, that's, you know, that's bullshit gardening. <laughs> and then I start doing it. I'm like, oh no, because you got to do full sun, light sun, no sun, part sun, shade, water, drought tolerant, like it's complicated, you know, so. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's been fun but for me. If you have but, a garden coach, you know, you just ask them and they'll take care yeah. of it. No stress for you. We hash it out on air sometimes too, and it's <laughs> pretty hilarious. <laughs> I actually went back and listened to an episode where Batavia and I hashed one out, and then I thought back on it. I was like, "No, it's pretty bad." So, <laughs> but that's—I mean—that's the whole point of this. We all learn together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, look, we're gonna take a break for our sponsor, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about what to grow in a kitchen garden. Since you're listening to this, then something tells me you like to cook. Hey, y'all. Miss Gardner and I have been busy whipping up some food in the backyard kitchen. Check us out as we grow some of our ingredients. But most importantly, we just try to get the recipe right. Available now on YouTube at Backyard Gardens. Remember, if you grow it, we will cook it or can it. Let's talk about, instead of designing, what to grow. Like, what's the best uh, vegetable to grow? What do you like to eat? Is it, I mean, is it that simple when we grow in there? Like, you just grow whatever. You grow okay. what you're gonna eat. Okay. Yeah. So how do yeah. we, how do we do that though? Like, what do you recommend? So as far I like as... to go through. Um, okay, let's let's talk about. What Wait, first of all, I like your answer. You grow what you eat. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna want to grow radishes if you hate radishes. I mean, it might be uh, pleasurable because you're like, look, I grew this, but. If you don't like radishes, don't. Well, for the te- for the texture aspect too, some people, you know, if you get hung up in the different parts of the desi- design, I know people that will grow stuff for texture, but well, so that's, know, me, and, that's think, ornamental, right? Yeah, I think that there's a part yeah. of this that says there's some people that the aesthetic is really important, right? So. You know, these aren't folks that are like, I just want a row of vegetables that are coming to Stacey. These are people that are interested in the look and the feel and the experience. Hashtag it. The experience the garden gives them, right? So mm-hmm. the design before the break was that's a design. You know, it's not a singular design when it comes to kitchen gardening, or at least that's my take on it, because I've right. clearly just become an expert in the last 25 minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all types of things that, um, so the first step that I like to offer when you're trying to think about and brainstorming, you know, what, what do you grow is it's essentially what can you grow, right? Mm -hmm. Get your timing right. Right. And what do you like to eat? So Mm -hmm. what I do first is I give my, you know, I give my customers a, a grow menu sheet and I, and it's essentially write down the recipes that you want to cook. Mm-hmm. And then you break it down by ingredient. And then you put a little star next to the things that could grow. Not necessarily that you can grow, but all the things that grow. So maybe you're cooking Do you cooking see how up. this is unfolding, Batavia? I do. Do you see me leaning so, in and twisting my head side to side? Yeah, yeah. because <clears throat> I don't mean to interrupt you, Stacey, okay. but... You know, a lot of times when actually I do mean to interrupt you and I apologize, though, but a lot of people, when you start the garden, I'm going to grow a tomato, but there's no thought process in the end game Mm -hmm. of what am I going to use this for, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've talked about this a lot, too, is like, you know, and I guess we were kind of talking about kitchen gardens. I don't know, but we were talking about, you know, designing a garden around a recipe, Mm -hmm. you know, or a style of food that you grow. So, I mean, you wouldn't go into somebody who eats a lot of Thai food and find, you know, a lot of Italian stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the way you went Italian automatically. (laughs) It's like two polar opposites. I couldn't think. (laughs) I'm half Italian. Oh, are you? Yeah. So, so, but you know, I think it's great because that you are promoting that forethought into the garden. Absolutely. that's, That's important. Yeah. So I mean, I think something that we, we always get from the newer gardener is where do I start? Right. So every time that you say a list of some sort, my kind of the organized organized version of me, that part of me seeing, so I love a good list, you know. And it sounds like you're giving. I mean, obviously they're playing a role in this. So we talked about on one episode many many moons ago. If you could just walk outside and your garden was designed for you, would you love it? Would you enjoy it? And for me, the answer is no because I want to have a hand in it, quite literally. You know. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna let you pick up on the list and the asterisks around the things that I'm growing. 
Yeah. yeah. At some point, so, we're going to end up designing my kitchen garden. That's where I'm nudging us. Go on. Okay, we'll get there. So I'll, I'll ask you then. So what's like two recipes that you love? And mm-hmm. that you cook frequently, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and mm-hmm. you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm not going to be able to grow everything in this recipe, but mm-hmm. I can supplement some things from my garden, and I can say, I don't need that in the grocery store. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that the idea of the kitchen garden isn't to supply your entire meal, right? Mm-hmm. It's to highlight something special that maybe is difficult to find in a grocery store, maybe a variety that is, the taste is just obsolete and you're just like, I have to grow this every year. You know, Mm -hmm. my black crimps or my certain kind of kale or the certain type of lettuce or romaine is special to me. Maybe it has a tie to your family Mm -hmm. and you're like, I want to grow this variety because it means something to me. Yeah. So there's, there's more to just like, you know, I found this in a recipe book and I want to grow it. There's always a meaning and a, and a history behind our recipes that we gravitate toward, right? And so to find a couple ingredients, whether it's an herb, a lettuce, a certain kind of vegetable or a fruit, if you can bring that into your garden, grow it, and then teach your family how to grow it, that's how that tradition of growing keeps going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's, true. And I mean, you're, you're developing a deep connection into growing your own food, you know, not only to supplying your family with the food, but that emotional aspect of bringing it in and encouraging people to think about those recipes that do strike that is mm-hmm. important because that's how you build long lasting people gardening relationships of some sort, you know. Right. It becomes a tradition. Yeah. So yeah. Stacy, like the blinking and the pursing of my lips, this is your sign for where I'm trying to compose myself. So just so you know, when you observe that, um, and obviously the the most telltale is the sniffing and the snotting, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about, um, I, I love beans and peas. I love pinto beans in particular and black eyed peas. And my space, I just don't think is really conducive to grow the amount of either that I would really enjoy. But I've mentioned this before to Ben. Uh, my grandfather, who's passed away last year, he ate okra on everything, you know. And so there's not a connection that I have with the pea or the bean, but there's not a time that I prep and cook okra the traditional way that he would eat it without thinking about him. So that there is a connection in so many things we do. I read somewhere that smells tie so much back to your childhood, you know, and I, I just, I don't know. Do we have another break scheduled? I just can't. I just, well, that's, that's really sweet. I mean, I, I, I connect with you on that level in the sense that, my grandfather, you know, he was um, he was an avid gardener. So was my grandmother. And up in Cupertino, they had a beautiful home, and it used to be orchards and orchards of apricots and cherry mm-hmm. trees and avocados and stuff. And as you know, suburbia life, city started creeping in. They had to sell the land, and they ended up with you know a large corner lot. And my earliest memories of mm-hmm. of growing up and having that connection of growing food were pole beans. Mm. And, um, you know, my sister and I, my sister's three years older than me. We'd go out there in our 80s overalls and, you know, (laughs) pigtails. And he'd make us go through the aisles and pick. Mm -hmm. And he'd have the bucket at the end. And we'd have those sticky leaves all over us Mm -hmm. from the pole beans. And to this day, you know, mom's still saying to me, so have you found the variety that grandpa used to grow? Have you found it? Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I'm Have still you? looking. No, I'm still looking. Okay. <laughs> it was like a flat Italian bean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's long and flat. And um, I have look, a theory behind that, it. though. Behind growing back in the day, you mm-hmm. know, and let's face it, that was back in the day. I know we don't like to admit it sometimes, but <clears throat> Batavia and I both have come to the conclusion that there were not as many varieties as there are now. 
So a lot of times we have to dumb it down when we think about stuff like that, like what happened back in the day, you know, like what my grandfather grew and stuff like that. And it's probably not as complicated as I would think for my grandfather because he always grew tomatoes. And um, that was his thing. He would he would grow a tomato. He'd pick it and eat it like an apple. Oh, gosh, I can't even think about <laughs> doing it. that. But so, you know, I think about that and I'm like, well, what kind of tomato would he would he grow? And mm-hmm. my mom was like, it's pretty simple. The most perfect handheld round tomatoes. That's what he would mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and same with his cherry tomatoes. Like now, if you go get cherry tomatoes, how many different cherry tomatoes can you get? You know, 50, yeah, 60 different yeah. varieties. Back then, there was like two or three. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was where was the easiest place to get the seeds, and that's where he got them. Yeah. So. It's access, not necessarily yeah. like he wasn't necessarily on the hunt for that particular tomato, but that became right. what was you know true to him. So he continued right. to grow it. Um, there was no Instagram where people tried to grow something fancy for clout. That's just saying. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> but isn't no that that's, you could still have a bit of the old and a bit of the new as a part of gardening, which is one of the things that I love about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's that nostalgic feel when you're out yeah. there, you know, yeah. it brings back those memories. Yeah. I mean, I just ordered some, um, I didn't even plan on doing this, but I got some nebula carrots, mm-hmm. wanted to grow some like fancy ass purple carrots. For, why not? Mm-hmm. So I got some, would never have done that before ever, yeah. never, ever. Like I always was like, I'm gonna grow the same shit. I know it works. I'm gonna mm-hmm. grow it the whole time. But you know, now it's like, yeah, I'll try it. See what happens. You well, know, it'd be cool to get it. And my son really drives me to do that, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I got the parsnip earlier this winter, that's what kind of pushed me to do things like that. Yeah. So cool. I think that's there great. is the difference. And Stacy mentioned this and you're not growing to complete like to from start to finish for your meal. You're complementing your meal where when our parents and grandparents and great grandparents were gardening, you know, it was feeding families. Right. You know, so the idea and the part that I'm intrigued by now is how gardening is a way to explore as well. You know, so I've had a good tomato and I can continue to grow that tomato variety but i'm intrigued by the other hundreds of tomatoes right you know um i could go into how there's this whole concept of we can never be satisfied we want more 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 but i won't go there (laughs) it's uh i will say though i feel like gardening allows you to expand your palate you know expand your experience with different foods um and it took me years to get there because I was originally like putting a tomato plant in the ground, gonna grow cucumbers because they're easy and I like them. So Stacey, how many folks come to you that are like, um, I know that this is dirt and I know this is a seed, but that's all I know about gardening. So how many new gardeners versus those that, you know, wanna perk up, re, you know, energize their garden, remake their garden? So the majority of my clients so far have actually been existing gardeners who mm-hmm. want to elevate, who want to like step it up. Um, I feel that they're looking for what they what they're missing. You know, like <clears throat> they've gotten to a certain they plateaued in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, it's it's really fun to give them, you know, just essential tips that you you just know as an experienced gardener and sharing that knowledge. Um, Like some would want to maybe, you know, a new surface facade of the box itself, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe they want to elevate to a cedar or maybe a more permanent structure. Like um, I just designed a um, a concrete, um, concrete edged perimeter garden Mm -hmm. and it's incorporated with some modular beds and so right now she has kind of like a mishmash of just like different containers and things that she's picked up along the way and she's ready to revamp she's ready Mm -hmm. to remodel her kitchen garden in that sense right her space and so um we went through probably four or five different layouts and so with that thought in mind of you know crop rotation and like that's where the sun is hitting and budget and things like that she wanted cohesion feel to her outdoor space to go with her new layout of her backyard so you know i work alongside landscapers and contractors Mm -hmm. so i do the design i hand over the specs and we work together with the customer to make sure 
that it, you know, it feels good. And then she'll probably, her plan for her is to just grow through the summer and then break ground in fall so she can have the next spring a fresh slate, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, that's, that's clutch to do that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we preach that pretty hard on the show cause I spent the whole winter remodeling my garden mm-hmm. and that's why I'm like, the last thing I got to do is the paths. You know, that's the last yeah. it's it should be first thing. <laughs> it should be, but I had to tear out my garden beds and replace them mm-hmm. and it was just too much, you know? So I just need yeah. to get mulch down on them and stuff like that. But you know, yeah. they've, they've been beds of weeds before mm-hmm. and we were standing out there the other day. My neighbor was over and we were talking and I was telling her about the different stuff I was growing. I was like, yeah, I've got to put something in. Cause you can see that I walk in there. Cause it, now it's just basically weeds along the edge of the bed and not in the middle. <laughs> and it just looks rough. I'd rather it be solid grass and nothing else. So, yeah, but there's but, a part yeah. of what you're describing and it's gardens are legitimate legitimately a part of landscaping it's a part of you know if you think about how much time and effort some folks put into like the perfect grass or you know retainer walls or uh, you know their flower beds and displays like insert garden and that can be legitimately a part of your landscape and so that same consideration can also be given to it I'm team all of this because <laughs> you know I I totally respect those that say I'm going to take a a seed or a plant and put it in the ground because I want to grow food but I think you can have it both ways I think you know you can Uh do both of those things really enjoy the space you're in Um, especially when it's let's go back ding 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 so close to your home right you know back to that proximity I think it's it's important or not important but fascinating that you're dealing with experienced gardeners that are looking to revamp because it's like okay I'm envisioning it being like, I've taken the the step, I've grown the food, I know how to grow the food. Mm -hmm. Now I want to really enjoy my space. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like a real natural progression. You know what I mean? And it's, so it's like, I mean, I I would imagine that you're fully like, if somebody came and said, look, I've never had a garden, I want to grow a garden. Oh, absolutely. I can help any level of garden, no experience. Well, my question is, you're willing I know you're capable of, but are you willing to be like, okay, then I'm going to walk you through how to grow each and every plant and all that, you know, yeah. which can be a very tedious process. I mean, we, we basically do that all the time mm-hmm. ourselves. But the, I mean, you the know. only thing that you can do in that instance is give them the tools, you know, give somebody right. uh, one plant to focus on if they're like, mm-hmm. yep. you know, let's start with herbs. Herbs are like the entry for me. Can, can I come give you a hug? Can I come over there and give you a hug right now? Okay. When, you just, Batavia just threw up in her mouth because she so hates. So first, when, when Stacey said <laughs> one plant, I'm like, she's speaking my language. But I just knew what the next comment was going to be, so I was bracing myself. We argue about this where he promotes so heavily herb garden that's where you start and I just that's not my view so I'm okay with there being two people with one view on this show today <laughs> and one person with another one I'm okay with that that's right? okay. you can have your own you know, you know let me let me so the idea of starting with the herb garden is that it goes it ties in with the fact of that active supplement mm-hmm. of the kitchen garden right yeah. It's not it's not training somebody how to grow a vegetable garden. We're we're yeah. easing them into this daily ritual. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to ha- have a commitment. You have to start with like if you get a dog, you you it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. You can't just grow plants and then not water them. So yeah. the idea of starting with an herb is that they are less finicky. They're easier to grow. They kind of grow on their own. You know, you would harvest them frequently if you like to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that satisfaction and joy, immediate pleasure. Um, that's why I kind of push the herb thing first. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. But what would your what would you suggest, Batavia, for like you should start with this? What would you suggest? Oh, I don't know if you're gonna make a liar out of me because I've answered this question See? before, and I don't know what the answer was oh, before. Stacy's coming back on the show, boy. <laughs> um, I, I definitely would start with the thing that you enjoy the most. 
So I'm going to completely punk out with this answer um, and insert that vegetable. I mean, I think a tomato is one of the most satisfying things to grow. But if you don't like tomatoes, then let's not grow tomatoes. I think my answer previously has been, and I stick by it, leafy greens. Um, yeah. Again, we're, we're thinking about people that want to consume and in some most cases cook with these vegetables. So I think those are easier. Now, I'm not in zone 10A. Oh, uh-huh. you see that? You see the shade I'm throwing yeah. there? <laughs> so I know sometimes yeah. you guys are limited when it comes to when you can grow some of these things. But mm-hmm. long answer and tap dance around tomato for a fruiting vegetable and then uh, some type of leafy green, salad green would be yeah. a really easy and good start, I think. Yeah, 100%. If you're anti, start with herbs, which I no, I'm anti- not anti. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, so what's interesting is that I would say tomatoes or anything that fruits that converts from foliage to mm-hmm. a flower and then it has to be pollinated and then it produces fruit. Right. That's like the most complicated mm-hmm. plant that you would have to tend to. Mm hmm. But if you start with a plant that doesn't require any pollination, like the leafy greens, mm-hmm. you know, then it's a little easier. Yeah. It's, a it's easier. easier, but the reward, the payoff is nowhere near. I know. It's just mm-hmm. a green. You know, and I mean, that, but see, and that's the thing that you have to deal with, too, is people want that gratification. Yeah. They want to yeah. see that happen and they want to collect it and be part of it and be like, look. Look at what I grew. Mm-hmm. I grew this two pound tomato versus look at these five leaves of lettuce. Like, yeah. you want to have a salad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just now as the years progress, you learn that like, no, nah, I'm happy with a basket full of greens. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. good. You know, I mean, I like a tomato or whatever, too. But that basket full of greens is going to stretch. So but I think what there ends is up, a big difference. What ends up happening is and it's part of the challenge that Ben and I have when you're kind of, you know, dripping on people in conversation, you know, in, in the podcast, on Instagram, on YouTube and others you don't get a chance to have that real conversation with someone, which I'm sure, Stacey, you're able to do that with your, um, you know, when you're consulting people, it all depends on the who. So I totally agree when it comes to tomatoes have been in my garden every year since I've had a garden. And to me, they are easy. But as you were going through the steps, of course, I hear that it could go wrong. I had an experience with a good friend last year that's like, so this these two tomatoes, is this it? You know, so I know it doesn't uh, it's not easy for everyone. But I'm able to have the conversation about kind of their tolerance, you know, Mm -hmm. how are you really looking for that immediate gratification? You know, are you going to toss it, you know, and say to heck with it a month in, you know, so what's your staying power when it comes to gardening? And that could change my answer. You know, I'm always fearful of turning someone off to the garden or gardening. Now, someone that's coming to you for a kitchen design, it sounds like they have some skin in the game. So there's that too. Yeah, there's definitely a commitment mm-hmm. um, readily invested already in them. Like this is mm-hmm. something that they desire. Yeah. Um, and it, it can be a desire for multiple reasons. It could just be just for the aesthetics of like, look what I have mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, somebody might want a, a space where it's tended for them and they're not actually out there. They just want the gratification of going Mm -hmm. out and picking it and having somebody maintain it for them versus there's another person who's very DIY and they're like, give me everything I need to know and I'm going to execute it. Just can Mm -hmm. you, can you guide me along the way? So there's, there's definitely different levels of investment, um, in terms of commitment out in the garden. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, it's important to be that person too, that they can be like, Hey, I have this issue you know, can, you know, and call and be like, Hey, what's going on or whatever, or like have like a, a checkup or something like that, like a weekly monthly meeting or something, mm-hmm. because, you know, we get a lot of questions and it's like, what's wrong with my tomato? I'm like, okay, let's go well, through the checklist. Let's go through the checklist. <laughs> it's got this bug. Okay. Can we get a picture of the bug? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then it's like, by the time you get through it, it's like 30 minutes of conversation waiting on a message whereas you have somebody local that you can talk to is really important because you can go by you know there's a lot of different aspects you can do so i think that's you know a huge part of it and i believe that that is an excellent way to learn you know i mean we do we provide that virtually for people you know 
by our conversations, but to have somebody and like a garden club or something, just you can get together with mm-hmm. other gardeners and actually talk. Mm-hmm. Cause let's face it. How many of you gardeners, I'm talking to all y'all out there listening are like, Oh yeah, I got like 15 garden friends and we all get around <laughs> round table and have, we eat, you know, pesto out of the basil we grew and have conversation. Like, you know, that doesn't happen. You know, it's yeah. a very independent hobby. Yeah. yeah. I'll call it a hobby. I'm, I'm actually not even going to call it a hobby. I'm going to call it a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a very yeah. independent lifestyle. It doesn't have to be. It does not. But it's like, you know, I mean, there's people down the road. They grow. We don't talk. Mm-hmm. I try, but they don't talk. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I'm weird. I don't know. Well, I am, but. Go bring them some zucchini. <laughs> Go bring him some zucchini. You'll see what happens. No, because that's my zucchini. I'm joking. (laughs) And there it is, right? There it is. I ain't sharing with you. Grow your own. So, uh, Stacy, tell us about your garden. Yeah. Because I'm sure that everybody listening right now is like, you know what? She's got an oasis. It's probably like huge waterfalls Going coming to her down. Instagram right now. And <laughs> <laughs> but like, in all seriousness, so, like, what's your garden like? So my garden's young. My garden's young yeah. here. Um, you know, this last year when the pandemic hit, I really leaned back into gardening. Uh, you know, I am a mom. I have two two boys. And these last five years, you know, sometimes there's just not time for the extra garden space. But this Mm -hmm. year, um, I made a commitment that I needed to bring that back into our family lifestyle. So um, we built, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have six raised beds. Um, Most of it is a border garden. They're all south facing. I've got Mm -hmm. some trellis structures um, that kind of connect them all. I've got some copper pole DIY style trellises for like lower and lean techniques and things like that. Um, And I've reestablished a corner of my space for a flower garden this year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, (laughs) Yes. Wait, Stacey, Um, I want to stop you. You said lower and lean. Tell me what that is. So lower and lean. uh, you'll have to forgive me. I don't remember the gentleman who invented it, but um, he's well known in the garden community. And mm-hmm. if I remember, I will tell you. Anyway, so the lower and lean technique is when you have a vining plant, mm-hmm. like a tomato or um, cucumber or maybe a loofah or something like that. The idea is you have a trellis structure. Mm-hmm. And you have twine of some sort coming down to meet the soil. So you have these long twines ah. coming down from the above. Let's call it like an upside down U structure, mm-hmm. right? Some kind of a trellis. And you would attach, I'm having trouble explaining this, but you would attach uh, your end of your twine with like a garden staple, you know, mm-hmm. like those garden staples, you stick it into the soil. Um, and then you plant your seeds. So, so you do like multiples of those mm-hmm. and then you bring up your twine to the top of the thing and you have excess twine. So you yep. wrap it around like a, it's, I think it's called a, you could do it around like a tomahawk hook is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And so you wrap like feet, 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 multiple feet around there and you hang it on the top of the trellis. Now, as the plant grows, Mm-hmm. You're going to train it up one of those twines, right? Yeah. And there's these little clips. They're called tomato clips. So it, half of it clips onto the string and half mm-hmm. of it clips around the vine. So as the plant grows, you're training it up and then it reaches the top, right? Where else is it going to go? So if you let go the twine from the top, it brings down the plant, right? And it has more room to grow to the top of the trellis. Mm-hmm. So you do this with all of your plants, right? And then the lean technique, so you lower the plant from the top and then you lean it Mm -hmm. over and that extends the length of the vine to however long your trellis is. Sure. It's super cool. So I, last year, my cucumber vine was like 12 feet long Yeah. because I was able to lower it and lean lower and lean as I went. And people have these structures where you can literally go around in a gigantic oval through your garden space. And it, you could do like, this is how they grow 
finding tomatoes in huge hoop houses and things like that's how they that's how they do this. It's mm-hmm. a lower and lean Interesting. technique. Yeah. I've seen the lower version of that where the string comes down and then you're training that vining vegetable up. I've not seen or heard of the lean version of that. Uh, it sounds like a bit of maintenance, though, I, I will say. Yeah. OK. It's, but you can get a lot of, out of your space. A ton well, think out about of it this space. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. efficient. It may be more effort, but it's efficient. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's what a lot of people are dealing with. So, first of all, I want to say um, I don't have any problems whatsoever with the fact that your garden is young uh, because my garden's young here. We all move, but you came into it with like, you know, knowledge of gardening and you rebuilt. And it sounds like it might be good that you kind of came back to it when you did because you had a lot more ideas. Did you not? When you came back to it. Completely inspired. Yeah. See? Yeah. And, you know, taking a couple years off, and then coming back in the game inspired, I mean, that's a, it's a totally different experience. Not to mention you're now bringing in two children mm-hmm. that are going to be completely engaged at this age. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can go out and uh, Batavia's sending me a message. It confused me. <laughs> <laughs> you can get them out there and plant in bush beans and, you know, it'd be they'll be like oh my gosh you know like i made a deal with my son this year you plant all of the big seeds so he's going out there and planting all the big seeds this year and he's pumped yeah so yeah but yeah you know it's it's important too because i think a lot of people want they want to look at somebody in like your position or somebody else and think that you've had this garden for like 40 years i mean i've been gardening on and off since gosh you know it's yeah it's it's come and but i find that if you've been gardening on and off since you were younger i feel like when you come back into it when you're older you come into it hard and strong you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then you live out your life and it seems to be you know from what i read and the people i see it seems to be the kind of the trend it's interesting how people kind of trend in that way maybe gardening is like the final stage of life gardening (laughs) is not like cardio as in cardio like once you take time off brother it's hard to get back into it but gardening you can take a step away and then jump right back Um, into it i don't know i might have to disagree yeah because gardening when you're out there and you haven't shoveled in a while and you're lifting bags of soil well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, you are that's, sore i literally yeah i literally have a video on instagram talking about not being in garden shape i think i'm talking and that's every year for me yeah. <laughs> but i'm yeah. thinking i'm talking about more of like your from your experience right you right. don't if you don't use it it's not like you lose it when it comes to your thoughts around it what you know to do what you know not to do um so your mental garden mm-hmm. game remains intact right. put it that way yeah, no, I was just making fun. <laughs> so we're running out of time here, but there's something that we do with guests. Okay. And we ask um, a series of questions. So we're going to put you on the spot now. Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, for Stacy with Seed and Trellis, what is the one thing that you love the most about gardening? Oh, wow. I love the aspect of being able to learn just learning about mm-hmm. plants. I think that's, it's like it, this never ending rabbit hole of, of knowledge. Damn, you know? it is a never ending rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> that's cowbell worthy. All right. <laughs> Go no, that's, I mean, it is because how many of us, and I'm talking to everybody too, y'all answer it at the same time in your cars. And then when you're listening to us in your gardens, like you should be, mm-hmm. how many of us have been like, I need to look up how to grow that cucumber. Oh my That's gosh. another technique. But how many how many years have you grown cucumbers? Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years later and you're still looking stuff up about it. Mm-hmm. So you're always learning. That's always. a that's a good Always. Um what's your favorite vegetable to, to grow? Zucchini. Damn, solid. Yeah. Just right out of the gate. Okay. Zucchini, okay. done. Interesting. Surprising too. Why it, is that surprising? Well, just because of the trouble that I've personally had with zucchini. Oh, yeah. it's a pain okay. in the butt. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I love that moment where you just can't keep up. (laughs) I don't get there much because of the squash vine borers. I have historically, not the last couple of years, but yeah. Okay. Well, if if you don't like zucchini, then my next one would be beans, Mm. whole beans. Okay. That's number two. Yeah. 
It's just so yeah, prolific. I mean, there's so yeah. there's just so much joy in being able to just let the plant do what it wants, mm-hmm. and then it yeah. just gives. That's my pl- That's the kind of plant I want. I want the plant that just wants to give. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. And you can. I mean, there's no better feeling than coming out of the basket full of green beans. Oh man. Or eating green beans in the garden. Yeah. Well. Well, you for some of us. Careful. I like them. Don't eat them too raw. (laughs) Don't eat too many too raw. Then my final question. Okay. Is can you provide everybody? With a res- a quick recipe from your garden. From, no, not from your garden. From your kitchen garden. From my kitchen garden. Yes, I have several. Um, okay. I Do we have any kale fans? Kale, yeah. All right, I, okay. I had to go yeah, I like kale. Cor- I like cor- it. Okay. I'm not a fan, but I like it. Okay, so I, I love uh, Lacinato kale. You know, it's the dinosaur-looking one, that mm-hmm. variety. It's it's a salad. This is a salad. It's a oh, um, it's a chiffonade prepared kale salad with roasted beets, mm-hmm. uh, clementines, candied walnuts. Uh, what kind of cheese? It's got um. Oh, blue cheese and uh, like a light, like a light vinaigrette on top. So the idea is you, you know, you do the vinaigrette, you can do your own or you can buy it. I like to make my own with fresh herbs from the garden. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you take your kale, you clean it, you take off the spine in the middle, right? Because it's super tough. You roll up your lacinato and then you chiffonade it, which is a very thin, tiny, slivers right of the kale so by doing that you're breaking down the kale and it's not as like bitter tasting and not as kale tasting right you can eat it raw Mm -hmm. and it goes down a little easier (laughs) massage the kale like a lot two weeks in a row i I didn't even know to do that until Mm -hmm. two weeks ago and now the second the second show second time in a row somebody said massaging kale <laughs> massage the kale mm-hmm. until it's nice and you know glistening you know get your hands in there get it dirty cut up your beets put it all in there put everything together it's really good yeah here here so so my personal question which is extra um oh it, you're fine okay you're fine. Zoom just ended, but that's fine. Um, I like, I grew one beet this year. <laughs> that's good. I grew one beet. Like I planted one beet and I harvested one beet because I had a beet, um, a package of beet seeds and I wanted to learn a beet, um, what beet I like to eat. <laughs> so that being said, I didn't like that beet. Mm. What is a variety of beet that's not so earthy or is there one? That I like you would the recommend. golden beet. Um, okay. Yeah. The red beets, those are definitely the earthier mm-hmm. beets. I think if you want to go a little lighter, go with the golden beet. Okay. There you go. Golden beets. I'm going to do I'm going to grow one golden beet this year. <laughs> and I'll Just let you one? guys know. Just one. I'm not, I'm not sacrificing too much until I've, I've, I've been burned on beets too many times. Mm. <laughs> so I'm Sorry to hear that. It's okay. It's okay. I am so actually Stacey's... going all the way in with beets as well this year. Are you really? Mm-hmm. What are you growing? I don't. I was looking up the names of them. You'll have to wait until a different episode to hear that. Oh, how dare you! Okay. <laughs> well, Stacy, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Where can people find you? Uh, a couple places. So uh, my website is seedandtrellis.com. Um, take a look around, and I've got lots of things to offer there. And I'm on Instagram. I'm highly present on um, Instagram. So it's also seed and trellis and I've got a Facebook page as well. Seed and trellis, <laughs> everything seed and trellis. <laughs> hey, that's easy to go. Easy yeah, to find. Yeah. I'd love to uh, connect with anybody um, who's interested in growing or interested in designing and learning more about, um, you know, how to make the, the growing space work for you and your family um, is, is, my passion. So I'm here to help and here to give information. So keep the education going. 
So everybody, check out Stacy at Seed and Trellis. Thank you for listening to us. I, we hope, I mean, I personally hope that everybody has picked up something on um, de- designing their garden. Because to me, that's what I got a lot out of this um, is just the design aspect, which made a lot of sense to me. And um, I think that's for me, that's the hardest part that I had to deal with is getting the design down on my garden. Um, I mean, what did you get out of it, Batavia? I can't wait to re-listen to this episode because I, <laughs> in all seriousness, because Aww. I, um, when I listen as like all of these things resonate, we talk about these things, but we parse it out so much. We don't oftentimes bring all of these thoughts and concepts and ideas and lists to kind of one conversation. That's the reason why I'm so glad we were able to have Stacy on. But for me personally, it's I'm one of those gardeners that's like, oh, I want to look and do things differently. Now, I'm not going to move any structures around in my space at this point. But when it comes to planting and kind of the way that you're planting, because once you've done something over and over and over again, sometimes it gets stale, even if it is producing food. So it's mm-hmm. uh, reinvigorating, if you will. So, yeah, I'm going to listen again. I'm going to take notes because I wasn't able to do that here. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that everyone else got something from it. Please do hashtag BYG podcast, tag us and your feedback, reach out to Stacy and, um, grow kitchen gardens. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. We love you guys. And, uh, until next time, stay safe, be strong, um, do the right things. Go, you know what? Screw that. Get out in your garden and plant something. (laughs) And until next time. See ya. Thank you. See ya. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.